0: I need to see a show of hands of two categories. uh, Is anybody here a first-time visitor this morning, first-time at Berean Baptist Church? Anyone? All right. Is there anyone who inadvertently left their bridge or their piece of paper at home? They say, eek, I sure could use another one. Okay. Brother Drake's going to go around and supplement there. I live in a glass house when it comes to leaving something behind, so you don't have to worry about a stone coming from me. I'm just glad when I leave the house on Sunday morning, I, I end up here. You know, who knows? God leads us along. And Pastor, I just want to say again what Pastor said about this last week. Uh, Tuesday night, I was anticipating one thing, watching the returns, and what I was anticipating did not happen. And... Uh, so all I can say is, sometimes I think, ah, I don't understand, but here's the only thing we do have to understand, is that like little children, we believe and trust in him no matter what. He knows what he's about, he makes no mistakes, and even though, you know, when it all comes out in the end, he will have achieved total victory, and we will have the victory in Christ Jesus. So there you go. <clears throat> Keep your hands up here as brothers are going around. If you will, please, I'll just turn to Genesis chapter 1. What I want to do is just do a little bit of review from last week, and then uh, continue on
1: with two more P words.
2: Now, you know in the bridge, point number one is the word purpose,
0: but I suggested to you last week that it might be good just to jot down on your piece of paper right above number one, where the word purpose
2: purpose should be. If you've not written next to number one purpose, please do that. I'd like to read into your hearing. It was read last week, but in Genesis chapter 1, going down to verses 30 and 31, Moses wrote, and to every beast of the earth, and to
0: every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, what can we gather from that? If a holy, holy, holy God, looks at what he has created, and he assesses it, and he says, what I have done is very good, then we know one thing. There's no sin. Everything is right. There's been no rebellion. There's been no transgression of the law. And so as we're doing the P words, you can say that kind of a, uh, the beginning or the intro to the bridge here, number one, is that there was perfection on planet Earth everything was perfect. And because everything was perfect, now we can come back and reiterate, last time I had people read them, I'm going to read them this morning for emphasis, that God created and he had a purpose to do it. He's always had a perfect purpose, a perfect plan. And so let's go to number one, God's purpose, honor and serve him. God created man to honor, serve and fellowship with him. The Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are, and they were created. If you ever want just one rule, some of the old catechisms and some of the uh, primers would teach us, what is the purpose of man? You want to just reduce it down to a little short statement, to give glory to God. That is our absolute purpose. Now, going on to that, because God loves his people, and we will be with them all time, it also would say, and to be with him and to enjoy him forever. And so those who are born of the blood of the crucified one, we've repented of our sin, we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, then there is that. We can add that. But right down to just the basic. What is God's purpose in creating you and me so that you and I Might spend now and all eternity giving him glory. And it won't be something where we'll feel like, oh boy, here's another day of giving him glory. We won't be able to get enough of it. We will be in total satisfaction. I don't want to, I got to do this stuff, but can you all eternity being with him, him and, and just glorious all the time? Wow. Looking forward to that, and I'm sure you are too. Second verse, Paul wrote, he says, Now listen, whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, doesn't matter, do all to the glory of God. First Corinthians 10.31. Again, that's the theme. Give glory to God. Then from the 16th Psalm, Thou will show me the path of life, now, a little bit more of the idea, in thy presence is fullness of joy, at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The right hand in the sense of, of the approval. You know, when we say the word amen or oman or something like that, it, it means I concur, I agree. And so the greatest pleasure that we're going to have, the greatest satisfaction, everything God says, every, we see everything in its totality, and its perfection, we're just going to be singing praise and we're just going to say amen, 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 amen. And it's not going to be tried. It's not going to be a vain repetition. It's just going to be eternity of a glorious eternity with our Heavenly Father. That's the purpose. Now, I talked to a couple of people after the service last week, and uh, I want to go next and uh, I asked these people if they wanted to say something as maybe a comment, because the next thing I want to remind everybody is there, what are some of the reasons why people do not share the gospel? Uh, There's always a group of people, and again, I'm not throwing stones. I'm not anybody's judge, but I'm just trying to say there are some people who are a little more talkative or loquacious And there are some people that are more shy and reserved. And so, did anyone want to speak to this as to
2: what would be some reasons why they would not? Denny, go ahead, brother. Yes. Right. So there's that fear factor. Exactly. Might say the wrong thing. Thank you. Carolyn, yes. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Thank you for that. Do you know one of the basic, goes right back, to the idea, it
0: goes where God said to Adam and Eve, because you uh, have done this, you can't stay in the Garden of Eden. And all of us in a fallen world, a sin-cursed world, all of us deal with, and no one wants to be rejected. Every single person wants to be loved and accepted. So if you think that if you're going to be involved in this and somebody's going to slam the door in your face, and kind of going along with that rejection, one I said last week, and I've heard this one I have a different church I go to than someone else. They've never talked to me about going to their church, but I made an effort to want to share the gospel with them. Here was my response Listen, Earl, I want to, I want to tell you something right now. I know where you're going with this, but listen up. I'm not going to try to shove my church down your throat, I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't be that rude but I can see you're wanting to want to talk about your Jesus and all this, you know, saved and all this stuff right now. I'm your friend and all this stuff we have, but don't try to push your religion down my throat. Okay, I'm rejected. (laughs) And that's what you're talking about, that people aren't going, maybe people who have liked you, all of a sudden they're going to say, you know, we've had a good thing and I like you a lot, but I don't like what you're trying to do right now. You're trying to push something on me.
1: That's for a lot of people just like, not going to go there again. Yes, sir. There you go. Yes, at our core,
0: at the very center of who we are, what's what's beating there? Now, to go with this, you talked about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to die in our place, to pay for sin, to suffer and bleed in our place so so we wouldn't have to go to the place called hell. And as we recall reading about it, he was so appreciated and so accepted. They just, you know, everybody around him said, oh, wow, we really appreciate why you've come here. He, I, To my knowledge, I don't think, the Lord the Lord Jesus, he never faced any rejection, I don't think. Yeah. If Jesus faced rejection for you, and it said, like, Jesus looked over Jerusalem, and he wept over the city, he wept. I think one of the reasons why he wept over at Lazarus' tomb is because he realized how it is that death came into
1: play. Brother, is it Brian? Yes, sir. I think that's. Thank you for that. I think it's a very important point. Yes, sir. Right behind. Yes. Yeah, there is that, and I don't. Yeah, that is very, very practical
0: thought. There that. Yeah, there are people who, they have been evil, wicked, mean, and nasty. And there's a little sense of like, boy, I sure want to be in there, sure is on Judgment Day. You know, the Bible says the Lord has no pleasure when we have pleasure in those who we don't care for, that if they're having a hard time or they face some kind of a judgment, we kind of like, well, yeah, they're finally getting their comeuppance. God says, no, 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 that's, that's, you know. Remember that one time where there was a group of people that weren't with the Lord Jesus and John said, hey, you want me to call down lightning on them? And, Jesus said, what are you talking about? You know, that's, that's not the spirit. We, we want to see people say, the woman taken in adultery. Hey, she's broken the law. Let's stone her. Yeah. And Jesus said, I would rather have her regenerated than have her rejected. Yeah, she's broken the law. And if it comes to that, yes, the law calls for her stoning. If she's rebellious and resistant. But if she wants to repent and receive me, that's
2: priority one. Did anybody else have a hand up before we move on? Yes, sister.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Mm
2: -hmm. Thank you for that, and that's very much, yeah, you think that it's on you, and I said last week,
0: and I want to, i got some time here, Uh, when these people came and spoke to me way back in 1975, it wasn't 1875, it was 1975, let's keep that straight, but the fact that two people would come into
2: my room and they had a Bible under their arm and they wanted to know if they could talk with me about Jesus, okay? Most
0: people will look. Now, they might, you might be annoyed or upset that they're there, but you're going to assume that they are very, very knowledgeable of the Bible. You may feel a little bit like, ah, I'm, you know, I don't know, I haven't memorized a lot of verses, but they don't know that because they would never see themselves doing what you're doing, that you want to speak to them about the Lord. It doesn't have to be where you go out and knock on doors. That's one avenue. But I mean, a neighbor, a friend, whatever the venue is, the idea that you're going to crack open the Bible. I I remember the very first time after I was saved, I went to very first time to a Baptist church. And the man in the three-piece suit up there, and I thought, well, this can't be the priest. He looks like a lawyer or something like that. That's the pastor. That's the pastor? Yes, that's the pastor. Thank God he was the pastor. So there's this gentleman sitting next to me, and the pastor says, turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel. And I looked at this guy, he had just, you know, looked like a New York phone book, you know, and he says, open the band, and goes, Daniel. And I went, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> he went right to it. And uh, so again, I'm just trying to say, don't let that intimidate. It's a very real concern, thank you for sharing it, sister. But they're going to view you as probably very theologically tune. And this is what I like. Now, this is a, the larger one I have, okay? Uh, it's just, you see, what I like about this, you don't have to wonder what you're going to say. You take it with you. You give them a copy. And the fact you're going to go through this with them, uh, you know, there you go. So, Bridge, So it's got, it's got the purpose. So you say, we're going to have a flow here. We're going to cover these areas. We want to talk about that in here, about there's a flow to this. There's a uh, one, you know, precept upon precept. And then you got the verses in here. Let's say, let's read this verse or something like that. I don't think there's going to be a person there that's going to say, close that thing up and, and quote it to me from memory. Or, you know,
1: no, they're not going to do that. Back there, yes, sir. Amen. Yes. No. Amen. Amen. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not there by ourselves.
0: When we go into somebody's home and we're trying to share this with them, God, the Holy Spirit's not on the sidewalk with us. How long are they going to be in there, you know? No, he's been there a long time before we got it. He, God prepares the path, prepares the way. He knows exactly what he's doing. We're like the instrument. We're like the tool. And as you said, we don't know what we know. We don't know what he's... And as for a testimony, I had someone say this to me really recently who gave testimony. I remember when I was saved, a guy by the name of Gene Sharp, he was the instrument that God used to share the gospel with me. They came and I I was a new convert. They wanted to give me a testimony. And I'm like thinking, what's that? So they said, you can do it in five minutes. Just share one thing about what it was like in your life before you came to Christ. Share very briefly where it was and how it was that you did come to Christ. And then make mention of something, how you know that you're saved because God has changed your life before Christ. Receiving Christ and after Christ, and if you share that and everything, a testimony from your own heart and everything, again, I'd say the vast majority of people, they're going to. And when you do that, you give glory to God. And if you give glory to God, like brother, like you said, He's going to be there. You just you're not on your own. The verses are, and not only that, there's got some cute pictures in here too. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's, there's the visuals. How many of you not want to read a book? You know, you're going to have to read a book, give a book report in class or so, you know. Aren't there any pictures in this thing anywhere, you know? When you try to find that book that's got large print, like one letter on every page. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's, I'm just trying to say here, I don't, it's not for you to be lazy, as has been suggested. We need to be studious. We need to be in prayer. We need to be willing. Because I can't do that. Remember that verse? Paul says, uh, you know, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. If God said you can do it, you're not going to win over the argument with God by saying, I oh, don't know I can't. Moses tried that with Pharaoh. It didn't work. Okay? So,
2: I don't see any other hands up. Let's, let's move on where we were. We're doing still a little bit of review here. So, there is a perfection. There is a purpose, and so when you say, well, the purpose was to give glory to God and everything was going to be great, question, what went wrong? Is this
0: perfect humanity and this perfect God, is it on the scene today on planet Earth in 2022? No, it is not. If God's purpose on the bottom of you, if you're there on the first Number one, God's purpose. Look at the bottom of the page. There we are as an individual standing there. If God's purpose is for mankind to honor, serve, and fellowship with him, then what happened? That destroyed this perfect relationship. So now we're ready to go to the flow. There was a perfection. There was a plan. But something has gone horribly wrong. What went wrong? Let's flow in to number two. Mankind's problem, there's your P word. There was a perfection, there was a plan, but there is a big problem, and that problem is sin. Man chose to sin against God rather than serve Him. The Bible says, I just want to say one one thing right now. People who get upset with God, I know in the human frame, and God has failed me, God hasn't answered prayer. There's a lot of folks that rationalize and justify themselves that somehow they're angry with God, and that's okay. You know, God is very patient, and God is very kind, and God will put up with a lot. I know he puts up a lot with me. He's forbearing. But trying to tell God that he's done something wrong, or he's been unfair, or he's mistreated you, that's a lie. Let's call it out for what it is. All his judgments are righteous. Everything that ever goes wrong, Pastor obviously preached about this, and said, if you want to trace everything back to its source of why the world is in such a mess, it has to do with a man and woman in the Garden of Eden who decided to disobey the will of God. Everything. Now, that doesn't mean individually. If something, you know, it's not like in John chapter 9 where, you know, the apostles are walking past with the man born blind, and they're saying, well, who sinned? This guy or his parents that he's born blind, and Jesus says, No, that's that's not what this is all about. John chapter 9. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no one, and you understand this, Romans 3:23. You may run into a person. I knew a lady one time, and she was one of those, I mean, the reason why it was that sweet little old lady, she went to church every morning, she went to the mass. She was with the Rosary Society. They praised the, uh, the rosary, prayed the rosary all the time. And uh, I talked with her one time and shared this with her. And I said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I told her she was a sinner because of the authority of word. And she was very indignant by that. I'm not a sinner. Well, God, you wrong again. And I says, Well, the Bible says, and I showed it to her, I says, It says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We have all disobeyed God. Nope. He said, I've made some mistakes, I understand that, but I have not sinned. And she died that way. She died that way. If you know any, if you know any folks like that, they're, they're, just, they're either deceived, they're in de- I don't know what it is. What does it mean to sin against God? Sin is breaking God's law. 1 John 3, 4, we sin by doing what God has commanded us not to do. Remember, that's overt. That's why, you know, we did something we weren't supposed to do. But there's also the sin of omission. Not doing what God has told us to do. So now you see the picture down here. Now there is this chasm, there is this canyon, this separation. Mankind, humanity, is on the one side with the problem of sin, which has separated us from a holy God. You know this. And on the other side of this separation would be God in his holiness. Understand, too, that God never did anything wrong. What went wrong in the garden, why Adam and Eve had to leave and everything since then, it's never, well, we did
2: some things wrong, but you know, God, he was kind of at fault, too. Not at all, in the back.
1: Well, that's one of the, I, that's kind of like a, I
0: don't mean to mean, the, but it's like saying if it rained money, would I be poor? Um, if if God created them in their intimacy, I got to be innocent. the pastor's over here.
2: Do you care if I say something to this? I mean, I just, do you want to answer this? Okay. Well, this will be the 47th day in a row then, Pastor.
0: <laughs> I would say this. If the serpent wasn't there, if you'd say to God, you'd say, well, you don't want these people to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You said, don't eat of that tree, God. Is that what you don't want them to eat that? Right. Well, then put this tree on the other side of the world. Why would you have a tree right there in front of him and say, no, don't eat of this tree? Well, then
2: get, God, get this tree out of here.
0: But there'd be no test then. There would be no test. I would say this, only God is self-sufficient in his holiness. He is who he is because he is who he is. He created us, Adam and Eve, in innocence, but he cannot recreate himself. As long as God would confirm them in their innocence and righteousness without sin. But if at any time would God choose to say, you know what? I'm going to take this sphere of protection off of them and really just see how they do. No serpent, but just see how they do. I myself would—got to be careful with this. Once he, any way, shape, or form, takes—the reason why we're holy, we're positionally holy, because God makes it so. So I would say, ultimately, I would see that they would disobey because they're not God. Okay? God can create and do anything, but here's something, I'll, I'll move on then. God cannot and will not, he cannot recreate himself. The only way you could have another being who would never sin is if he recreated himself, and that can't happen. But I think ultimately, yes, probably something would have happened.
1: How's that heresy sign coming along? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: That thought right there, and I'm not really going to go after it. Pastor has shared, and we've talked about it and everything.
0: There is, for us in our finite wisdom, there is a sovereign God who is all-powerful and almighty. And yet, there is a human being who has been given the responsibility to repent and receive. Earl, will you perfectly explain to me right now how you put those two together? Can't do that. Don't have the ability. Finite. Just can't do that. So when you're talking about when, when God created the world and Adam and Eve, did he tell Adam and Eve to obey him and not to sin? Yes, he did. Was that tongue-in-cheek because he knew that they were going to sin? No. It, it wasn't phony. It wasn't fake. It wasn't sort of like, well, I'll say this. But I no, it was... The world is perfect. Everything's very good. Adam and Eve, you're in fellowship with me. Keep going. Keep this the way that it is. Do not eat of that tree. Do not sin. And that's the way that it is. Was God aware that they were going to fall? Sure he was. Can you explain that to me? Here him with all my theological knowledge. No, I can't. Can't do that. But nothing takes God by surprise. He knows what he's about. And the fact that there is a fallen, that sends a, you know, <laughs> there's a debated thing. I'll just quote it to you. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, But we were chosen in him before this, the beginning of time, before the now. How do you put that? How can you, make, how can you make a decision and a choice before the one you're making a choice for? It's, it's again, that's, our mind cannot really truly comprehend that fully. But yet... Once they sinned, and in Genesis 3:15, the promise was made to send the seed, that the Messiah would come, and the work on the cross and everything where we're at
2: today That's God's plan. That's God's plan. And I don't got to get away from this. But I don't think God is saying this. Why did I make them? I knew they were gonna mess up. Why oh I really messed up this
1: time. No, that doesn't do that. You wanna add anything just before I move on? Yes, sir. Amen. 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 So when we hold up this book,
0: we, you know, there's a movie called The Greatest Story Ever Told. It is what it is because of what Pastor said that it it is what it is in the fall, in everything together. If it wasn't the way that it is, these words, these concepts, forgiveness, love, mercy, and everything, they wouldn't
1: be there. Tegan. Yes, yes, thank you for that. Yes, he has a hatred
0: and he wants to do everything he can. I want to still get on to the, the next two. Oh, did you have your hand up back there, sister? Okay, all right, let's, let's move on then. Now, number three, because I want to get three and four in here. And again, I'm not a, thank you for your questions. Thank you for the points that you're making. It's wonderful. Now, so there's this problem that we have sinned. So what's the big deal with that, you know? There's not any consequences, are there? Oh, yeah, yeah, there is. There's a little thing called sin's penalty, death. See, one thing is that when God said to Adam, for the day in that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, in that day you shall surely die, death was a concept. There had been no death. So Adam didn't say, oh, boy, I know what that's... No. But God says anyway, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 6. So now we're, we're on this flow again. Yes, when we sin, there's a problem, and God said, when you transgress, when you disobey, there will always be a consequence. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. When man chose to disobey God, the result was death. The basic meaning of death is separation. The Bible teaches that there are three types of death or separation that result from sin. Number 1, spiritual death separates a person from the life of God. Ephesians 2:1, we're spiritually every person on planet Earth right now, they can be religious as the day is long, but if they're not in Jesus Christ, they're spiritually dead. The fact. Physical death separates a person's soul from his or her body. Hebrews 9.27, we were reminded of that just this last week here, you know, with with Alex and uh, now with James. And then the consequence in the sense of when we step over out of time and space and go into eternity, then if a person lives their life and they die in a state of sin, then eternal death separates a person, both soul and body, from God forever in hell. And then Revelation 20, there's that reference to what is known as the Great White Throne Judgment. Anybody who's at that judgment, I hope you know this, there's different judgments, but there's no believer who will show up at the Great White Throne Judgment. That is the absolute God saying, you didn't want to have anything to, with, to me, uh, you're in all you who practice iniquity, depart from me. And that'll be forever. Now again, if you're walking through this with a person, understand you may not have been trained at school. You may not consider yourself a Bible scholar. But as you're reading this and going along with this person, you're telling them the truth of the gospel. You're giving them the word of God. And if you become familiar with that, then that's there. So you can see at the bottom, want to do one more. Still got the time here. Now look. Man's problem, sin, looking down in that chasm, that separation, there's sin's penalty. You look down under the flames of eternal death, the flames of hell, the lake of fire. And this individual is still on the lost side, the condemned side, the sinner's side, the sin nature side, has not been able to figure out a way to get over to where God is in eternal life. Final question, a transitional statement. Okay, so we know that there is a consequence to the problem of sin. And that is that there is a penalty, it's death. Can anything be done to change this? And the answer is going to be, now here's where we're getting into this person. Yes. The situation that was perfect, where God had his plan and his purpose, that became a problem with sin, And the consequences of sin. Now we come to number four, and then how can we ever have eternal life? You say, well, there's no P word there, Mr. Burka. I've provided one, okay? Just before a sin's penalty, we're gonna see here, you wanna put in human pride. Pride. I I think it's odd to me. Sometimes there's a group of folks, and I, I pray for them. I want these people to be saved. And I think it is interesting that there's these things called pride fest. And I think to myself, "Well,
2: you said it right there. Absolutely. God hates pride. All right? I'm going to read through these. And
0: How then can we ever have eternal life? Well, here's your understanding. There's a lot of people out there who have an answer to that, but they don't have the biblical answer. They don't have the correct answer and we have to be prepared for that when we're speaking. Uh, I was raised in uh, the Church of Rome, and yeah, they talked all the time about how to get to heaven. The only problem was their plan to heaven lands you in hell. Throughout history, individuals have tried many ways to gain or earn eternal life, but every attempt has been unsuccessful. The Bible says, there is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Look what Titus said. Not by works of righteousness, when Paul wrote to him, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Finally, this is what you know: the verse. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Now you notice it's not in verse 10. But God has saved us unto to do good works. You say, well, the, the Bible's got good works in it. Yes, it does. But good works in the word of God is never presented as the means of salvation. Good works are meant to be the manifestation of salvation. In Matthew, Sermon on the Mount, let the people see your good works, so that as a believer, your good works will give glory to God. Some people like to look at that verse that says, well, it says, work out your own salvation. That's true. It means to exercise, to live in such a way. It doesn't say work for your salvation. It says work out the salvation that you have. Okay? So, all these are there, and you can see there, man's problem, down through history the cults, Judaism, world religions, Islam, they always, here's what I call the fatal flaw. Any religious group outside of biblical Christianity will always have some kind of a concept or a teaching that I must somehow impress God or, or be worthy of salvation or earn my salvation. Because that, that's reasonable. That's rational to the mind. Well, salvation is so important. I know God's going to do all he can do but he's watching me to make sure I do all that I can do. Well, doesn't that sound logical? It may sound reasonable, but it's not revelational. That's not what the Bible teaches. All these things, you notice, here's the bridge of good works. Doesn't make it across. Religion doesn't make it. Money doesn't make it. Morality doesn't make it. All these things of human pride, they're sincere. They have their teaching, but they're sincerely wrong. I was raised in that system. And there are some very slick, very clever things you can read about how God, good works play a role in salvation. Sounds really good, but you just never find it in this book. Uh, anybody want to have a, a thought about that before we close for today? Anyone about, anyone?
1: Looking over here, looking over there. All right, yes, sir.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's that uh, there's those three phases of death, like you said, that you will
0: you shall surely die. And God never said it's gonna be like but he said it it's happened, you're spiritually dead in rebellion and everything. But yeah, a lot of people say that thing too, like, well, if there's a God up there and I'm living this kind of a life, why why hasn't he, you know, lightning me or taking me out of the scene? I'd say, Well, because God doesn't work with your timetable. He's he's gracious, he's giving you the opportunity to repent but again, God is not mocked. What you sow, so shall you reap. Absolutely. The final thing I will just sh- share this morning in this area as we're going through this is this is a big one. People just have it in their brain. They have it in their mind that somehow, some way, they've been taught and they believe that
2: good works will play a role in their getting to heaven. So that's where an area where you would need to, to explain. Brother Clark,
1: Amen. okay so immediately after the morning service Brother
0: Clark is going to launch that, what's it, that's an Atlas 5 I think you said or Saturn 5 or something or, there you go alright, last chance, last word it's 28 after the hour anybody last word, going, going gone, alright let's pray Father God this morning we thank you, it's been shared by the folks here we're looking at your word you have commanded us, not a suggestion, you have commanded us to go into the world and preach the gospel. Lord Jesus, you told the disciples back in the day that you walked the earth that the fields are white unto harvest. For our fears, intimidation, uh, rejection, whatever these reasons, God, Holy Spirit, please work within us. And here's the thing that we would say, Lord God, prepare me, I am willing I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you give me opportunity, I will study this little book, and I want to share with someone else how they can know Jesus Christ. Let this be the prayer of each and every one of us in this room right now, that when given the opportunity, we will declare the good news. All glory, all praise to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we are dismissed. Our morning worship service begins
1: in about 15 minutes. Thank you.